Good morning and welcome as we delve into the Word of God together again today. Today is Saturday, the 17th of October, and we are in John chapter 8. I'm here in Nebraska right now visiting my, uh, my mom. I'm at my mom's house right now in Hampton, Nebraska, and we're visiting our son, Ian, who's a freshman at the University of Nebraska. Uh, but wherever we're at, we need to be in the Word of God, and that's what we're doing today. John chapter 8 is a beautiful chapter of the Bible where we find out more and more about Jesus and, and he ties together this whole plan of salvation that God made from the beginning of time. Actually, the Bible says even before that time, uh, through eternity. So let's get into the first part. If you know, uh, this is what I want you to look at again as you study the Bible deeper. Take a look at the footnotes. Take a look at the notes that are in maybe your commentary section. You'll notice at the beginning of chapter 8, it will say something like this. The earliest manuscripts do not include verses 53 of chapter 7 through verse 8 of chapter 11. Here's the history behind that. We know that any, any history that we have comes from people having written down that history and then passing that history along from generation to generation, oftentimes rewriting it, making more copies of it, and then distributing that out. Well, there's always an opportunity for, for uh, history to get uh, misrepresented or, or errors to be made as that's passed along. And so the writers of Scripture are no different. What we have in the Bible is written down and then passed on down the generations. Obviously, we want to find accounts of a story as old as possible, because every one of us knows that as the fish story is told again and again and again, the fish gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The closer we can get back to the time when it originally happens, the better and more accurate that's going to be. The writers admit here that the earliest of the manuscripts that we have of the Gospels do not include these verses. So rather than just glossing over that and saying, hey, you know, lay people are not going to know that, only a scholars know that. No, we're right up front with people, full disclosure here, um, and, uh, and, and that's why they tell us that. Now, why did they include this account in the Bible? Well, because it's an account about Jesus that's so consistent, sounds just like what we know about Jesus from, from older documents from the Bible, other stories and things like that. It was included in the Bible, but we're going to make a note about that and let people know. So as you delve into that story about the woman caught in adultery, here's the thing I want you to notice. Jesus wants us to examine ourselves. He who has the first, or he is without sin, casts the first stone. We look at people in a totally different way because we show the mirror in front of ourselves. You know, remember Jesus saying, uh, don't tell the brother about the speck in his eye because you got a log in your own. Take care of that log. It doesn't mean that we don't call each other to account. Jesus certainly does with both uh, the Pharisees as well as the woman too. He tells her, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. He wants us to repent. He wants us to come back to him. If we're going the wrong direction, we've got to turn around. And he calls us to do that. And remember again, the words of John 3, 16, and then verse 17 that follows that. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Actually, God condemned his son on our behalf. And because of that, we are not condemned. But he warns us about that condemnation so that we'll turn to him, repent, and come back to him. Later on in chapter 8, beginning at verse 12, we get one of the great I am statements of Jesus. Now, I am, and we're going to hear another account of this a little bit later, um, takes us back to the time of Moses. When Moses is saying to God, God, when I go to the people, who do I tell them sent me? And God says, I am who I am. 
And what that means is that God is eternal. He is not bound by time. He is not, well, I was back then or I will be in the future. He is always I am. He is always I present. He is always present with us. Remember what he said, recorded at the end of Matthew's gospel. I am with you always. God never changes, so he is the I am God. And here he is, I am the light of the world. John loves his play on words. You're recording those, light and darkness. We know what the darkness is. Uh, the world started out in, it was dark, and God said, let there be light. And he's continuing throughout history to shed light upon the world. We need that light. In the darkness of our sin, he is the light of the world. And again, the emphasis is upon uh, a couple of things. Number one, Jesus and God the Father are on the same page. He is God. Trinity, he is God. And so he always emphasizes he's not doing this on his own. He and the Father and the Holy Spirit, too, are always on the same page. Of course, Jesus runs into that opposition. You see that again in that whole account. But he continues to emphasize uh, repent and believe. Look for that word believe quite often. And then again in verse 28, Jesus brings up another metaphor that's going to come up again and again in John's gospel. He says, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, lifted up, cross, right? We, we know from the earlier account that the way the Jews would execute somebody is with stones, stone them to death, throw those stones down on them. The way the Romans executed was to lift them up on a cross. Now, they thought that was a way of humiliating people, and it was, but Jesus is lifted up so we can see him. When you walk into church, oftentimes you see a cross. Jesus maybe is nailed to that cross in that figure, or, or he's ascending, but you look up to see him. You know what, guys? Uh, this pandemic and, and any any struggle we go through causes us to look down. We need reason to look up, and we have good reason to look up. Why? Because there's our salvation. Either hanging on that cross, which he isn't anymore, or risen from the dead. That's where our hope comes from. So just as, um, again, in John 3, 15, just as the Son of Man, or just as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So look for those. John's full of stuff like that. Um, Jesus then talks about the truth. Why do we need the truth? Um, God always tells the truth. He told the truth to Adam and Eve. Um, you can eat from any tree in the garden. It's all made for you except one tree. And then if you notice in verse 39, beginning there, he warns about the devil. Why? Because the devil is not about the truth. He's about the exact opposite. He lies just as he lied to Adam and Eve. God really said you can't eat from any tree in the garden. And when Eve says, when we eat from that tree, we will die, Satan says, you will not die. He calls God a liar. Isn't that crazy? The father of lies, and if you go on a little later in the chapter, in verse 44 on, he calls Satan a murderer. He brought death into the world. He's the father of lies. There is no truth at all in him. Remember, truth is is something that is true all the time. A half-truth is a lie. When God tells you the truth, it's, it's the truth 100%, every single bit of it. And we know we can trust him as well. And then one more quick one. Here's the I am again at the end of the chapter, beginning at verse 48 through the end. Uh, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was around long before Abraham. He hadn't taken bodily form. He wasn't incarnate yet, born to Mary. Um, but he was around longer. And Abraham believed God, and that believing God was credited to him as righteousness. He had faith. He believed that God was going to send a Savior, 
Abraham believed in resurrection. That's why he was willing to execute or, or go through with killing his own son, Isaac, and sacrificing him. Look in the book of Hebrews. It says, Abraham believed God was going to raise him from the dead. He believed in resurrection, just like you and I do. There's great reason to believe that. So, continue to delve into the word. This is deeper and meaty stuff. Take your time with it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you, and God bless you as you read. Have a great weekend.